Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of Responsive Design Weekly Podcast. My name is Justin Avery and I am your host and curator of the Responsive Design Weekly Newsletter, a weekly newsletter all about responsive design and other front-end cool stuff. This week, we've got a small guest, uh, but it's not until the end and I've got a piece that I'll add at the end uh, of the podcast and the reason why I say it's a small guest um, is because they're small in stature. It's my little boy, Noah, uh, and he decided that he wanted to do some recording uh, on the weekend. So we did a little short podcast together. Uh, and so if you don't like the opinions of a three-year-old, then feel free just to skip over it. So that's why I'm not including it until the end. Um, he probably has some better opinions than me a lot of times, but, you know, he's a little childish. He takes after his dad. Uh, but this week... To start with, I've got a lot to offer uh, everyone, um, so I'm going to get to that first. So we've got a couple of sponsors this week, which is fantastic, uh, and they're giving everything back to us, which is great, or you, the listener. Um, so yeah, conferences, we've got a bunch on. We've got three conferences coming up, uh, one in the States, one in the UK, and one that is global that you can view anywhere. Uh, and the first one is the global one. So this is the SVG Online Summit, uh, and anyone can join it. It's global. It's an online thing. Um, there's a ton of talks during the day. Uh, you can use – actually, let's go through it. Let's go through it properly. A better prepared person would have all this here. Um, no, so SVG Summit. If you go to svgsummit.com, uh, then you can go check it out. If you use the – Discount code RWD Weekly, all capital letters. That's good for 20% off. Now, it's coming up on the 15th of February, so it's not too far away. Uh, starts 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, uh, and it has six speakers throughout the day. So we've got Chris Coyer, Sarah Drasner, uh, Amelia Bemily royds uh, Dudley Story, Clark Wimble, and Kevin Ball, and they're all talking about SVG and different ways to use it online. So it's going to be super cool. And the great thing about uh, these online conferences is you don't have to spend any money flying there, right? You don't have to spend money on accommodation. It's not as I, I love flying to places, but it gets expensive when you when you add everything up uh, and the time you've got to take off. So this, just pop it on your computer at work, put your headphones on, and just learn lots. So they're really cool conferences. Um, I was really for, I've. I'm fortunate I've been to a couple or I've like partaken in a couple, uh, watched on the computer uh, and I presented at one as well. And it's just so much fun. Yeah, really good. The guys uh, do a good job there. Uh, the second conference we've got <clears throat> is for the awards. So this is for folks in the UK or Europe and it's coming up fast. So it's the awards conference. So a www. Let's see what they did with the name. Um, that's coming up on the 2nd and 3rd of February. So I'm going to be uh, going along there and I'm going to be hanging out with um, some friends uh, from the Adobe XD team uh, who I caught up with uh, what was it, late last year. And I actually want to uh, speak to them a little bit more too because I think the XD stuff is really interesting in terms of like rapid prototyping and being able to get uh, interactions and things on the screen that clients can see. So I kind of want to try a couple of screencasts and see how it might work out to improve uh, our responsive workflows and stuff. Um, but yeah, so if you want to go to that, then you can go to a conference. And again, where are these? Uh, it's conference.awards.com. 
slash London 2017. Look, do a search for awards conference in London uh, and that will come up there. And if you use the discount code responsive design LDN, it's like responsive design London, responsive design LDN, that's good for 10% off the ticket as well. Um, they're also going to be doing a live stream of the conference out as well. And Vitaly from Smashing Mag is going to be there to kind of host that as well. So that should be uh, that should be really cool. And I, I want to catch up with him as well because Smashing Mag are doing this huge redesign. They've had uh, people like Sarah Swayden working on it. Um, I think uh, was it Dan Moore had done the original designs perhaps as well. Uh, this It's just, it looks really good. You know, it kind of looks a lot like the responsive design redesign as well. So I'm happy that the design that I've gone with, with the guys from No Divide, that they're going in a, in a direction similar to Smashing. And I think that's a good direction. Um, but they're, uh, as part of this, uh, Smashing Magazine uh, and Vitaly, they're looking at different ways of generating an income for a publisher so it'd be really interesting to see with all the ad blockers in now they don't make as much money through ad revenue so you need other ways to supplement the income to continue the business and smashing magazine is a big business um so it'd be really interesting to see what he's doing to uh, try and tap him with that i think he's gonna going along a little bit of a subscription model um which i think is cool like i'd be happy to subscribe to a magazine like that. I think they, they put out a lot of good stuff, and I, I feel like I should be paying them for, for doing that as well because they pay all, all of their writers. It's, uh, I really like it. Uh, and then the last one is uh, for people in the States, most likely, um, or the Americas, and that is called ImageCon. So it's imagecon.com. And if you use the code RWD Weekly, it's good for 50% off your ticket, which is really cool. Um, now, I wrote a piece earlier in the week about uh, how to approach typical problems when uploading large numbers of images. And it's actually what I'm going to be talking about after this uh, and, and running through with you today. Now, if you want to head along to the conference, um, that will let you understand and deal with bigger problems than just how to get images optimized properly and, and rolled out and on your screen uh, or, or on your different sites. Um, yeah, they're going into a lot of detail about the different problems that we have with images at the moment. And it's on the 1st of March. So 1st of March in San Francisco. And it's got some amazing speakers like Jason Grigsby. Uh, they've got Alison McKnight from Etsy. Uh, Vitaly as well. We just talked about Vitaly uh, from Smashing. Steve Solders, uh, like the performance person getting around. So he's at Speed Curve these days. But so there are all these great people talking about um, about images and it should be a really good conference. So that's imagecon.com and use RWD weekly for 50% off your ticket. So cool. So that's all the discount stuff at the top of the show. So you can save 20%, 10%, uh, 50%. Um, yeah, great stuff. And so for this week, uh, I wanted to talk about watching your weight. And I'm not talking about like the post-Christmas holiday weight and oh my goodness, uh, I'm going to put a New Year's resolution to never eat unhealthy again and I'm never going to drink again. Um, we're talking about image weight on your websites. And the reason why I want to talk about this week is because I, okay, I said a bit earlier, I wrote an article this week is because I came across a tweet um, from Andy Clark. Now, Andy Clark has 
published this awesome article on his site called Designing Inspired Guidelines, uh, sorry, Designing Inspired Style Guides. And it was a talk that he delivered and he doesn't think he'll be able to deliver the talk again, but it got a really good reception. And so he thought, oh, well, rather than waste all of this great content, why don't I turn this great content into a super long blog post and then more people can enjoy it, which is like kudos. It's it's a really good, long, detailed article about style guides. So kudos to Andy for doing that. Now, in the second paragraph of the article, he even says this page contains a lot of images. And he says this page contains 35 megabytes of images. Uh, I've optimized them as much as I can, but you probably don't want to load this page on your mobile data plan. So that's great that he gave people the heads up. It was just the issue that by the time I've read that, a lot of the images which are on that page are already starting to download. Now, I suppose the positive thing in this is that there were so many images on the page. So there's like 150 images. There's so many there that it won't have downloaded that many because of the number of connections that it has or it needs to make the number of HTTP requests. So by the time I read that, I could hit stop and then save my data plan a little bit. If I was reading it on my phone or even my desktop, I had time to stop it. So I want to get this super clear up front. It's not Andy did as much as he could do with the knowledge that he had on uh, providing an awesome resource to everyone and giving him a heads up. Like, that's awesome. Not, not many people would do that. And I thought, well, I wonder if there is anything that could be done to perhaps make that experience a little bit better for users. So I thought, well, let's see how this goes. So what I did was I downloaded a, uh, well, first I opened up Dev, uh, Chrome DevTools and I opened up the network panel. And then I set, there's an option in the network panel where you can set uh, a throttle. So you can say rather than run off your regular connection to the internet, you can set it to run at 2G or 3G or good 3G or 4G or GPRS. So you can test different network conditions. So I tested a mobile network condition at uh, regular 3G, um, ticked, uh, disable cache because I'd viewed the page before and then refreshed the page and started watching it. And once it had finished loading, uh, I noticed it was it was slow because it was on 3G, um, but all of the files that were being served were PNGs. So that's one thing that I noted. Um, and immediately I kind of thought, well, that must have been the default export option for the presentation that he did, Keynote or PowerPoint. Um, I also noticed that all of the images were being loaded regardless of whether or not I'd scrolled down the page to view them. And the last thing I noticed was that every single image required its own HTTP request. So with 150 images, that's 150 round trips between your browser and the server and going through network connections. So with that information, I thought, right, well, let me address those issues and see if I can improve upon the load time for that particular page and the great resource. So first I save down the page locally. So if you ever want to grab a web page from someone's site and put it locally so you can work on it and check stuff out, you, it's file, save page as, and web page complete. And that downloads the HTML as a a HTML document, and then it also downloads a folder. And within that folder, it has all the assets. So all the images, all the JavaScript, all the CSS, 
everything that goes to make up that page. So if you're offline, locally, you can double-click on that uh, HTML document, and it'll open up, and you'll see the entire page. So that's a good start. So I saved it to my desktop, and then I moved on. And I mentioned that the first thing I noticed was that PNGs were being used for everything. Now, you can either kind of have, as a general rule, you can either have PNGs or you can have JPEGs. It used to be GIFs and JPEGs, and I know there's PNG 8 and PNG 24. Um, I won't go into that, but let's just start with it's PNG or JPEG. So if you want to choose a PNG, you should choose a PNG when the image is more of block colors. So think vector kind of things like logos, um, icons. They're kind of just full block colors. All right. And then if you want to, also if you want to have a transparent background, then you might choose a PNG as well. Uh, and we'll go back to the, the logo and PNG transparency thing in a sec too. Um, you should choose JPEG if you want it, well, if the image is more of a rasterized image, right? Like a photo. Um, that's, that's, they're the general two choices. Now, uh, back at the logos and icons, technically these days we probably would want to go for an SVG rather than, um, rather than a PNG purely because it's a scalable vector graphic. So it will scale from small viewports to large viewports. So rather than have many different types of your PNGs, depending on what size you need to render that as, um, you have one SVG and it scales magically. Hooray. Uh, and then on the uh, transparent side of things as well, there's a uh, file type called WebP and it's, a, it's supported in Chrome and I think Opera as well. Um, but I do know that Safari were looking at implementing it as well, or they were checking it out, uh, and they never check stuff out like this, so that, that's really positive. And WebP is a lot more um, performance, so you can compress it a lot more and get still really crisp, clear uh, JPEGs, effectively, um, so really crisp, clear photos at much smaller file sizes, and it provides transparency as well, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, so looking through all those images, I thought most of them were more suited to JPEGs than PNGs. And if you PNG something that should be a JPEG, the file size becomes incredibly larger than what it should be. Um, whereas if you JPEG a PNG, you can get really small PNGs for, for quite large pictures because it's mostly block colors and you can get incredibly large PNGs for small pictures if it's more suited to a JPEG. Uh, and just yeah, out of interest, if you're going to export your files uh, or, or your slides from something like Keynote or PowerPoint, there is an option you can definitely in Keynote you can select uh, JPEG high quality, small quality, uh, small file size, PNG or TIFFs. So just think about it, uh, what most of your images are going to be uh, and export uh, to suit. So. Now that I had them all, uh, I, I downloaded all of the uh, the images uh, or downloaded the, the downloaded the web page. Uh, then I wanted to change them all from PNG to JPEG. Now, normally with my Mac, I can right click and say PNG to JPEG because I've set some automation up 
because I take a lot of screenshots and I just want to switch it from the PNG to JPEG because traditionally JPEGs are better for the screenshots that I take. Um, so I've got like this right click shortcut, um, but because it's 150 images in this case, I, uh, I have Photoshop on my machine. So I was able to use something from Photoshop. So in these cases, when you've got large scale, you want to batch process things. So if you go into Photoshop and you go files, scripts, image processor, then it gives you a few options. You select the folder of the images you want to change. You select a folder for where you want your images to end up. And then you pick what file size you want it. In this case, it was JPEG and the quality that you want it as well, which I, I chose uh, a four, which is like about 30, 30% quality because uh, I wanted them small. Uh, and then I hit save and then bam, we got uh, a whole bunch of JPEG images and that changed the file size. So uh, the, all the file size, it wasn't 35 meg. It was now down to 10.4 megabytes. So we've already reduced it down to a third of what it was just through changing the uh, the image file type and um, optimizing the uh, the images a little bit. And then when I had all of that, the next step is a little bit further optimization using a tool called Image Optum. So it's a free tool, and the wonderful thing about that is it provides lossless compression, which means that you the the image isn't as big but it is just as beautiful as it once was. So it doesn't affect the quality of the image at all. It just reduces the size of it, which is exactly what we want. And to do that, it removes like, oh, I actually don't really know what it does. It's magic, black magic, I think. Um, but essentially, uh, what I do know is it removes a whole bunch of metadata about the uh, image, uh, which isn't needed for people to view it on the web. So just get rid of it. So yay, Image Optum. Free, you should totally get it. Uh, so I dragged all the images onto Image Optum, and then within like 30 seconds or a minute, it had processed all those images, and that had taken it from 10.4 megabytes down to 6.1 megabytes. So now we're talking about going from like 35 meg all the way down to 6.1 megabytes, which is amazing. From there, it's a simple, I always say simple matter of, it's not always simple. From there, you need to get the, the images back onto your server. So I use an FTP client uh, and you just move them all, again, just, um, you put all of the images back onto, back into the folder that you had all your PNGs. It won't override them because now they're all JPEGs, so it won't override a PNG because they're different file names. And once they're all back in there, you have to update the reference in the post. So at the moment, all the image tags are referencing .png. You need them to reference JPEGs. And it's uh, Control F, like a find and replace. So you want to find anything that says .png and replace it with .jpg. Then you publish and voila, you've gone from uh, 30 megabytes or 35 megabytes per page for every visitor down to just 6.1 megabytes for every every uh, every visitor. Now, not only is that really good for the users, so they, they get the content faster, um, they don't have to wait around, uh, the browser doesn't slow down, they don't lose all their data, data, data. Um, the other great thing is, like, Andy's a popular guy, right? He writes a lot, he does some cool stuff. Um, now, he would have like I like I don't know I'm guessing ten thousand people would go and view the article that he wrote. It was 
retweeted by a lot of really popular people in the web community as well. So 10,000 people at 30 meg, that's 300 gigabytes of data that he's now saved and he doesn't have to pay in bandwidth. Um, and so it's just fantastic. So it's a win-win-win for everyone, I think. And there's some other... So at the top of the show, we, we talked about like there's, there's three things. Um, so there's the file size, which we've we've now corrected... I think to a certain extent, a pretty good extent, I would say. Um, the other thing is that all the images are being loaded regardless of whether or not anyone was going to see them. Um, and to do to fix that, like essentially, uh, you've got 150 pictures, you might not scroll through all of them. So why should you be downloading the ones that you're not going to view? So you can use a tool, uh, a tool, a plugin. Uh, it's a JavaScript plugin. It's called Lazy Sizes. And what that does is it lazy loads the images into the page. And what that means is that when you first load the page, it will load the images that you can see that are within your current viewport. And then as you scroll through the site, as the other images get close to the viewport, then it will say, hey, you're about to be viewed by the user. I think you should start downloading now so that you can be there for when they arrive. And then as you scroll through, the images slowly start being loaded in. Now, if you stop scrolling, then the images stop being loaded from below the viewport. And it's just great because it means that only the images that you're likely to see are going to be loaded. So you're only paying in bandwidth and time um, and and even the host, so Andy, is only paying in his bandwidth um, for the images that you're going to see as well. Now, to do that, like I said, lazy sizes, if you do a search, we've got it in the resources section on the responsive design site as well, and uh, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, so it's a small JavaScript file. Uh, you can load it asynchronously. So it's not a blocking script. It won't affect the load of your page. And for any image that you want to lazy load, you need to change the source to data-source. So it's a data attribute instead and add a class of lazy load to that image. Now, the reason you have to do the data source thing is because browsers are super smart these days. And as soon as they detect an image tag, like even before all the HTML is passed, it will start downloading all of those images and that's to make it seem as though web pages are faster. Now, they do that for the user's benefit for performance side of things. And what that means is that all the images start downloading before any JavaScript can run and stop it from downloading. Right? So that's why you need to change it from source to data source. And then as you scroll through, lazy sizes checks to see whether the image is approaching the viewport. As it gets close to it, like within 200 pixels or so, then it changes the data source to source and the browser will download the image. So it's super, super, super cool. Um, yeah, I, I've used it for a few sites. Uh, I did it for the uh, Adobe Max site. I rebuilt their um, their conference site uh, from a uh, like a like a better approach for responsive, responsible design uh, and performance was a big thing and, and I added lazy sizes to it and it's shaved like several seconds. So we're talking five or six seconds off the load time of the site by just implementing the lazy sizes. Um, very good for image heavy sites, especially for ones that are below the, uh, the air quotes, uh, the fold. So keep an eye, definitely implement that if you can. Uh, we also talked about, uh, I said there's lots of requests for the images as well. So if you're able to run on uh, HTTPS and your server supports HTTP2, 
then instead of having one request for each of the 150 images then you and and as latency on every single request um, with HTTP2, you don't have that latency. It, it can just request all of them at once and they can all download. And of course, if you're using lazy sizes, then you trip yourself up because you don't want them to all download at once. Um, but that connection will stay open so you don't have to uh, make a look up every time, which is fantastic. Um, and the final thing, so there's one more thing that we can do. So for those in the podcast room, can anyone just raise your hand and say like, are you thinking of one other way, like Justin, you haven't mentioned the key way to, to have better better images for this page? Anyone? Yes, you in the back, Mr. Eric Portis. Yes, yes, you are right. It's uh, using responsive images is the other thing that we could do. Um, this requires a little bit more work. Um, uh, what we had for these images is they're all slides, right? So they've all been exported at about 1,024 pixels wide. Now, if I'm viewing that on my iPhone 5, which has a width of 320 pixels, and it's, if it's a retina one, I think they're all retina, um, 320, you might double that and arguably say it's 640, but that's still like half the size of what uh, the screen area of what I need um, from what the image is being loaded. It's 1024, I only really need 640. So we can include something like uh, source set, for the images so that we can give uh, the browser several different sizes of image to choose from and then it would load down or download um, the image that best suited the viewport to render that image. And the great thing about uh, that lazy sizes that we talked about uh, before is that it works with uh, responsive image syntax as well. So it works with source set and it works with picture as well. So that would be a that would be a cool bonus addition there, and, and the reason I, I like Eric didn't really put his hand up, um, but Eric Portis wrote this really awesome article about responsive images, um, and again I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes, and it's linked in the article as well. So that's it. So this is how we can turn like, and I encourage everyone. Um, we've got this problem at the moment with large web pages. They're they're bulky, they're oversized, they're overweight. Uh, and most of the weight is due to images. Now, we always complain about, oh, let's not include that JavaScript library in there. It weighs 30 kilobytes. Um, and yet we'll chuck on 35 megabytes of, of images onto a page. Um, and I see this all the time. And it doesn't have to be 35 megs. It could be 5 megs of images. The point is that's too like, often that's too much. But if you can approach it, in a, a systematic way, like am I loading the right images? Are they properly optimized? Uh, have I put them in a responsive image container so that only the right sized image gets served up? Um, are there images, I've got a ton of images and are they loading below the fold? Are my users likely to scroll down there? Uh, and if so, will they scroll all the way or should I just be serving up a couple that they're definitely gonna be seeing? This is the other reason why this image conference is on at the moment too, because it, it is a real problem. Um, but I think we make the problem worse for ourselves by including these things. And I realize that most projects are done in a rush, unfortunately. It's just the nature of the way we do things. Um, and these kind of things tend to be, we'll look at that later, let's just get it up and going. And I think it's just a, that's a bad approach to it. We should really just 
focus on trying to make it a little bit lighter, try and work those images as well as we can and, and see how we go. So that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and downloading. Um, if you want, uh, if you want to talk about something, if you want me to cover something in particular, uh, feel free to write in. You can uh, hit me up on uh, Justin at responsivedesign.is. You can reach us on Twitter or reach me on Twitter at resweb.des. Uh, you can subscribe to the newsletter at responsivedesignweekly.com. And yeah, please rate the show up in in whatever uh, whatever podcasting listening tool you're listening to at the moment um, rate it up that would be super awesome um, so coming up next is like literally it uh, next is my little interview with Noah so um, if you want to check out what a three-year-old has to say about the web and uh, and what's better uh, what's the newest thing coming out and what's the best thing to watch the minions on then you are in for a treat until next week I will see you soon Cheers. Bye. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. So, first, let me let me introduce you, right? So, this is the special guest for this week on the podcast. It is... But, but, how you turn the king? How you... After this, I don't want any more microphone. Okay. So, the special guest is... Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. What's your name? Noah. 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 Noah Avery. Oh, welcome to the show, Noah Avery. Um, what do you think is the best thing on the internet? I don't know. What's your favourite thing to look up on the iPad? The Minions. The Minions. And do you think uh, using the in Minions on the iPad is easier than on Mummy or Daddy's phone? Uh, no, I, d- I just think the Minions are on your uh, iPad. Okay. And what do you like using better? Do you like using the phone to look at pictures and... Is that you? Yeah, talking? the phone. Or do you like using the iPad? Um, I like using the iPad. The iPad, right. And what about, you know, when we put those goggles on you, the virtual reality ones? Yeah. And we get to see the aeroplanes flying? Yes. And the sharks. Do you like the virtual reality? (coughs) I I like, I like the glasses. (coughs) I like, I like the glasses. And I do like. But I do like the shark one. You do like the shark one? Yes, I do. <clears throat> and what do you think of voice? <clears throat> like when we ask Siri what the weather is? Um, she says, she says it's going to come out in sun. Okay, do you, wanna, you, you ask her. Is it going to come out sun or... Rain. Asking what's the weather? What's the weather? What's the weather? All right, let's try again. Try it, go. What's the weather? Here's the weather today. Mm, that was pretty good. 
What else do you want to ask her? I want to ask her if it's going to rain. There's no rain in the forecast for today. How cool is that? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. And what's the? What do you want to see happen next on the on the on the internet? But but I need to talk to that. Yeah, you talk into the microphone. Daddy. Yeah, buddy. I think I like the iPad. You think the iPad is the next big thing? Yes. Okay. It is. I think it's already. I think it's reached its peak and it's tailing off. I, you know, I think. I think that virtual reality might be the next big thing. Those goggles, more of those goggles with the airplanes and the sharks. Yes. I yeah. Want, I lost. I lost it in microphone. Okay. The goggles hinder shark when I ask shark or airplane or. And what about Flash Flash the 100 Yard Dash? Flash Flash the 100 Yard Dash. When <laughs> he <laughs> speaks very slowly. <laughs> no, don't talk that to me. Don't pretend to be a All right, say goodbye. Say thanks for tuning in. But I will not do some more. Yeah, we'll do some more afterwards, but just say thanks for tuning in. On microphone. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in.